Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom and hostess of the daily podcast, Wisdom Smack. Today, y'all, we have got to get into it because mm, the celebrities are messing up and I knew it was a matter of time. This is what happens when you get cooped up because of a pandemic. People start working your nerves and that is exactly what's happening. So stick with me on the flip as we unpack this and start to look at hmm, when the cracks start to show. Come on over. I'll see you on the flip. You know, there's nothing like a good old pandemic to pull back the curtains and let you see where the bones are hidden. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was just a matter of time when the cracks would start to show. So today, honey, 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 we're going to be talking about some stuff and um, it's going to kind of like just just be a little conversation between us and there's some wisdom here and there, but I'm going to try to keep this as entertaining as possible because I'm like, now wisdom, why you want to talk about this? Because I was going to talk about something really nice and uplifting. Okay, so let me tell you what I was going to talk about today was the fact that Today, April 22nd, was the 50th anniversary of since we've started celebrating Earth Day. And let me tell you something. There's something about a jubilee. So a 50th jubilee is a golden jubilee. And that means that, bear with me, it has been two sets of a jubilee because a jubilee is like every 25 years. And so when you have a 50th, it is a golden one, whereas a 25th would be a silver. Okay, so there's that. But then here is the bigger thing, that 50 is five sets of completion. You know, it's five decades. And five is the number for personal development, It's also the number, excuse me, 50 is the number for personal development and awareness. It's kind of like you now, you're in, you you know who you are, but it's also, it contains five, right? And five is the number of strife, contention, change. Uh, (laughs) Five makes you go through. Five is also known, are you ready for this? As the second ace. The first ace, of course, is going to be one, and then you're going to have five. Whereas four is the first foundation, and eight is the second. So 
We come right after four, which is uh, stability. And then here we go with five. Five is all about breaking it up and, and starting over, resetting and the like, because it's the second ace. And that's a beginning point. But it's one of those points where you've gone through four iterations of something. And now it's it's time to break it up. So guess what? Yep, you guessed it. Five is also a number of chaos. It's a chaos number. And so I was like, isn't that something we've been talking about chaos? And then now we're in... Um, uh, the jubilee that we said we you know as celebrating earth day and isn't that something that there's a pandemic going on and the mother nature is benefiting greatly from us being cooped up in the house she's getting a chance to breathe and do a few things and i'm gonna tell you I'm, we're continuing to have beautiful weather outside and and yeah so it's been something uh so but i was going to talk about jubilee in a good way and but no it's it's time for us to really go on and just talk about this because this is wisdom smack and today is a wisdom smack upside the head instead of a a gentle little kiss so let's go on and get into it um what has been happening and I want to say what will happen was but I'm not going to do that well I guess I just did but anyway um There is starting the signs of nothing new under the sun is starting, you know, to to reveal itself because people who and I'm really talking about celebrities and influencers and who we would call the moneyed are starting to work our nerves to the point where. There are major schisms starting to happen where people who used to be our beloved celebrities and people we looked up to, oh, we don't have time. We don't have time for for their shenanigans and their ridiculousness. And because of that, it is starting to get contentious. I mean, people that uh, just last month, everybody was like, oh, I love, you know, here's looking at you, Ellen. And, you know, other people, they're like, get somewhere and sit down you know, uh, doing, you're doing the most and it's not, not at this time. You need to calm yourself down. It's getting to be kind of like, wow. Okay. Okay. So let me go back and we're going to look at this from kind of a historical standpoint, because really there really is nothing new under the sun. Okay. So if you will, let, let me set this up. Harry S. Truman, a former president of the United States who was a man of uh, a, a learned man and uh, he loved history. And he is on record as saying this, the only new thing in the world is the history you don't know. So today we're going to uh, not look at this as new because after we get through it, we're going to understand that there's really nothing new under the sun and that this could have been predicted. So let's roll it back to the uh, beginning of the 1900s. And we're in 1916, 1917, 1918, if you will. And guess who? Harry Truman, president, is having to deal with uh, the uh, aftermath of uh, the first 
world war. He's dealing with uh, people who are fearful of what's happening. There's a lot of overspending uh, to try to stave off a lot of um, uh, depression, uh, financial collapse and the like. And he's having to also deal with, you guessed it, a pandemic. They called it the Spanish flu, but it was actually thought to have been started in a military camp in California. Go figure. Okay. So there's a <laughs> an issue happening where you've got the pressure of the working class and it's mainly driven by uh, business owners who need to go back opening their shops up so that they can make a living, so that they can pay their employees, so that their economies can get back on track. And he's trying to deal with this. And lo and behold, Colorado. Colorado decides to open back up. And they open back up and they, you know, because they've they've started to see a dip. And, you know, they open back up. And it ends up where instead of the projection, if, if they had stayed closed, that they would have only had about 45 deaths, they opened back up and ended up having 800. Now, Part of the problem was that you had elites, uh, not elites, excuse me, excuse me. You had the moneyed, because we're going to talk about each one of these people with money, leaving their uh, palatious places in the coastal cities where the Spanish flu was rampant. And they ran to the rural areas. And they went to their cabins, they went to their summer homes, their winter cabins, retreats, whatever, you name it. They went and a lot of them went to Colorado where there was good skiing and all of that. And they brought more cases of the influenza with them, causing whole cities to be decimated and to be set back. There was one town that was made mention of uh, who was able to keep everything closed and they fared very well. Um, They maintained what they had been maintaining before the state opened back up. Now, why do I talk about this? I talk about this because it's, it's, like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. And you see, I actually live in the state that is currently at this particular time of recording, uh, catching hell about trying to open back up. And it was something that I was like, man, it reads just like uh, just over a hundred years ago of what we're going through now. Okay. So we've got that. And we can see how that mirrors what we've got going on right now. But that brings me to why I say the cracks are starting to show. Because whether we want to believe it or not, there are different levels and worlds that we live in simultaneously. Okay, let me talk about them. So the first level And I'm just grouping this level together because there are many more than this. But this one is kind of like a catch-all. This is called the everyday Joe, the masses. This is your working class. 
Okay, so you have your working class and they make up the largest number of people. They don't necessarily make up the largest number of wealth, but they make up the largest number of people. And then you have who are called the moneyed. Those who have fame, who have wealth or um, notability or notoriety. And you know, we've talked about the difference between those. Notability, good. Notoriety, bad. Okay. Uh, But they are known. Okay. So we have then that level. Then after that level, we have the powerful. And the powerful are going to be those who already possibly have money for the most part. There are some who are very powerful who don't necessarily ascribe to having money, but they could get it if they want it. But you have the powerful and the powerful are going to be those who control resources and who control opportunity, who control politics and um, who control the um, the com- the commerce and the capitalism and the wheels of industry around the world. But then there are the elite. And the elite, uh, the elite have all of the previous. They have the money the po- and the power. But when you get to this level, they are dynasties and they represent a hidden uh, power uh, and knowledge that the masses will never know. Will never know. Okay. So out of these, the most visible that you see are going to be the moneyed. Yes. Now the masses, because it's so many of us, the masses tend to be just joke you public and no one person is going to stand out for a long time. That's why they even talk about 15 minutes of fame. But when you have the moneyed, these are going to be your, like I said, your celebrities, your influencers, your movie stars, uh, people who have large public platforms for mass communications, folks who folks folks who we get to see on a regular basis. And these are also the ones that tend to mess up (laughs) when we have pandemics, wars, and the like. So in today's world where we do have the opportunity to see people live, I mean, in real time, you can see people messing up. Uh, more celebrities are getting on uh, online because either they're bored or their publicist has told them you got to stay relevant or for whatever reason they're online. And they are now doing this without the guidance of their PR person or their handler. And the world is getting a chance to see who they really are. And a lot of them are coming off as uh, clueless, vapid, selfish, unaware. And every day we're hearing about our faves, you know, making some kind of faux pas that is based on thinking that everybody is just like them when they are not like most people. So you've got uh, people who are not understanding how hard it is for some who may not even have food to eat to look at the frivolity of what these people are doing and how they're quote unquote suffering when they've got everything they need and they're they're staying at home is supposed to be just as bad as someone who who can't sleep at night because their their bellies are empty and their minds are full of worry of if they're going to have a place to stay next month you know so it kind of uh 
looks ridiculous. And it's hard to be cordial when you're hungry. So people are having shorter tempers when it comes to our celebrities, our moneyed. Okay. But then there is there are the powerful. And in in this rank, this is where you're going to find a lot of politicians. This is where you're going to find a lot of uh, people of commerce and of uh, utilities, those who control um, oil and uh, banking and all of these types of things that make the, the world go round. And they don't necessarily get online and crave all of the attention that the moneyed do because they're so busy jockeying for more power, okay? Because they're they're in the pursuit of power. So what they do, because there are a few layers above, they start to come off as callous and hard, hardened, where it seems like they cannot understand the pain and the toil of the masses. And so the powerful at this particular time run the risk of revolt. And it's been said that if you poke and provoke the powerless too much, they will find their power in their ability to come together and overthrow you. And so the powerful at this particular moment, I can only speak for our government, the United States, um, this particular power structure is poking a little bit much because there are people who have been silent and looking at the antics and they're like, okay, so everyone can get help but us, you know, and those types of things. And bear me out, history has shown that even though they want to make the argument that, oh, that's too much money to take care of people. If you look at how uh, GDP works and how when back in the 1910s, back in the 1930s, you know, when you when you got FDR uh, trying to deal with the aftermath of the Great Depression, when you got, and let me skip back, you know, up to Truman when he's trying to deal with the aftermath of a, a world war and trying to get people back to work and trying to pay off this war debt. Um, they were in a lot of debt as well. And I read something that um, really helped me to put this into perspective. So bear with me, if you will. And it says, when talking about the powerful when talking about the economy, we should not fall into the trap of thinking of the economy as we would an individual because countries are not people and they have all the time in the world, you know, meaning that they can grow out of a predicament because they've got time. And it is because they have an indefinite life, uh, um, lifespan where, given enough time, they can work their way out of it. And so we can't look at it in the same vein of how a person would hold a debt. And so the powerful 
And I'm not going to say that everybody powerful knows this, but they do know this. Come on, let me let me just let me just tip into that MBA I have and let you guys know a little bit about economics and that the powerful know this, but the masses don't. And so what they do is, is they try at times like this to give us a diet of guilt and fear over money because the powerful know that they must keep the masses in line. And if we're busy uh, sacrificing, and if we are busy infighting and paying attention to the moneyed, who are below them, by the way, who are below the powerful, then we will be preoccupied and will not see how they continue to maneuver. Because for them, times like this is when they make their power play to try to move up into the status of the elite. Okay. Now the elite, I can't speak as much for them because they are very quiet. And it has been said, the more you advance, the quieter you get. The more you advance, the quieter you get. Because you cannot let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, as said by what my grandmother used to say. And so during these particular times when pressures are high, those who really have power even beyond the powerful, they, they're like ghosts. You won't hear about them, but they are behind the scenes as the puppet masters that they are. And even though we might be focusing on these poor celebrities who are clueless, they are probably newly moneyed at that. And they're making all these full pause. But there are factions above them that are at work where the real issues start to come to pass. And when these cracks start to show, they want to make sure that we don't get an opportunity to divert our attention to what they're really doing. So it's kind of like a watch the birdie kind of thing where they treat the masses as the toddler. Uh, and they are the photographer trying to get us to, st to stay still as they do their work. So one of the things that happens or can happen during a time such as this, when the cracks start to show, is that there can be a run on the moneyed. Now, if you notice, I didn't say anything about the affluent and the wealthy because the affluent and the wealthy tend to matriculate in the realms of the powerful and the elites. It's the moneyed people, the folks who used to be like us that got a little money now. They're able to rub a few coins and they are probably first generation or their parents were first generation and, and it's the money is still new enough for them to have not sloughed off uh, the need to uh, flaunt their wealth or, or show or identify themselves as a, a moneyed person. And so what usually starts to happen when, when tensions run high, especially during plagues and war, is that they become the sacrificial lambs and the masses rise up and they do away with them. Now, I'm not saying that they kill them. It's just that they become irrelevant. And then if the powerful don't do what they are usually good at, and that is, you know, getting us to quote unquote, watch the birdie, uh, then the masses start to form and come after the powerful. Okay. Okay. 
So when we talk about this uh, cracks showing and we talk about the strife and the strain, and remember five is a number of strife and strain, and we find we find ourselves in uh, that time because it's also the number of chaos, and we've already established that this is definitely a time of chaos. So what we find is, is that for the sake of keeping things status quo, the powerful, what they do, now listen to me, because I want to make sure I say this before we run out of time. What the powerful do is they will give the masses no more and no less than enough resources, whether they be money, foods, uh, coupons, discounts, bonds, whatever you want to call it. They give us just enough to meet our immediate needs and allow us to cope, but not enough for us to overcome having the need in the first place to get to the point where they can errat- where we can eradicate the issue that's causing us to have to cope because that issue is tied to them. Because if you want to stay in power as a Plutarch or oligarch or whatever, it's going to come at the suffering of the masses. Let's just be honest. <laughs> That is the truth. And so there is this dance that happens on the edge of a razor blade where the powerful try to keep us uh, engaged in this marionette dance with the moneyed. But when we have pressures like the pandemic and we tire of the ridiculousness of the moneyed and we see through their thin layers of entertainment that they're just like us, but they've, they've, they've gotten enough, enough money to lose sight of reality. And so their antics become ridiculous. We start to put our attention on that next tier, which is the powerful. And the powerful have to do what they can to keep us in check. And I'm going to go on and say it. They do it by giving us just enough resources, no more or no less than it takes to keep us happy enough to continue to cope with the mess that we find ourselves in. And they also give us a reason to have guilt uh, uh, for um not doing, you know, better. So whether it's patriotism, loyalties, liberties, uh, the rights to freedoms or what we think we have for freedoms, they are totally fine with us having that because that preoccupies us. It's kind of another way to give the toddler a toy to keep them from crying and messing up what you're trying to do. But then if that doesn't work, then they bring out, and these are these are hard. I'm gonna go in and tell you guys, and it might sound like, oh Michelle, why would you say that? But it hey, it it, it is what it is. Then they bring out the need to sacrifice, and they will usually tie it to a religious order or a religious calling. So they will trot out all of the pastors, the priests, and the men and women and children of deities, organized religions, and all of that. And the reason why is because in order to keep the masses from killing the wealthy and the powerful, they must tie what we do to something bigger. And that something bigger is usually going to be emotional. And so 
it has been said, I, I, I've told you guys that a lot of what Napoleon Bonaparte did was is he threw back the curtain to let us see these levels. You know, that's why the duchess and the duchesses of um, the monarchies around Europe called him that upstart from that Corsican upstart. But he's on record as saying that religion was made so that the poor wouldn't murder the rich. He was also on uh, record as saying that a priest could do the work of a thousand soldiers because a priest could get your mind and get you to behave by making you sacrifice something. So I'm going to go on record and say this now, that now that the cracks are starting to show, pretty soon we're going to get messages about the need for all of us to pitch in, that we're all in this together, and that there's going to be some type of sacrifice required of us. Now, the psychology behind a sacrifice is such that if you sacrifice something, you will find a way to justify it, to make it mean something. Because the last thing a person is able or willing to do is to have been made a fool of. Remember when we've talked about status and the psychology of status and how people are always trying to figure out if you're going to improve or lower their status by interacting with you? When you put the mix of sacrifice in, people have a ready-made mechanism that makes them fight to the death to justify their sacrifice because they do not want to lose status in the eyes of society and they don't want to be disproven. That is why people can be wrong as two left shoes. And the more you show them evidence, this is called confirmation bias, the more you show them evidence, the more they dig in and try to find more ways because they have sacrificed for those beliefs and they do not want to be shown that those beliefs were erroneous. So darn it, my time is leaving. Let me just say this. Ralph Wardle Waldo Emerson is known as saying that nature has made up its mind. What cannot defend itself shall not be defended. And so as coronavirus, COVID-19, however you want to call it, is still working its way through our societies and the like, we are starting to see that nature is thriving. We are falling apart. And nature has made up its mind. That which cannot defend itself shall not be defended by her. So I would encourage you to use the wisdom that you have that instead of getting caught up in all of the machinations and all of the getting angry with the moneyed when it's really the powerful and especially the elites behind a lot of stuff, that you focus on having a long view and doing what you can with the best wisdom you can to ride this out. And that means, namely, not using all of your energy to get up in arms about something that's in six months not going to matter. Being able to filter through what's important to be upset about or to give energy to and emotion to and what is not. Basically, being able to Take a second look at what you're getting angry about and possibly why. 
So believe it or not, my time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you so much. And this is a daily podcast. This has been Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom with another daily podcast of Wisdom Smack. I am going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.